Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold your horses. Here's where the source is. I love this. You're not cheating, you're not trying. We cheat, we steal. <laughs> Alright. That's <laughs> one of the intro songs to my favorite wrestler, uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Man, the years of entertainment that guy gave uh, before his unfortunate death. Uh, and, and you know as a public service announcement bless Eddie Guerrero uh, he was a mentor and friend to so many wrestlers but he had his demons he had his problems and eventually his body gave out uh, he had multiple drug overdoses a car accident that would have killed a lesser man uh, and a lot of things and still uh, he got his life together. He got off drugs. And, you know, sadly, a few years after he got into sobriety at 38 years of age, uh, they found Eddie dead in his hotel room um, of a heart attack. And it was just brought on by years and years of abuse to his body. So this is not a wrestling talk, however. Uh, did that a minute ago. This is Panic Attack with Big John. Uh, the roster of the way this is going to go down, there's a shooting outside of Lee Zeldin's house. Lee Zeldin is the Republican gubernatorial candidate in New York. Kanye West has his social media locked. And in an op-ed, the Cleveland Plain Dealer says that Ohio is about to vote in unconstitutional elections. So, we'll see how all that gizzos. Remember to follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things. Let's talk. So, let's recap the... Beloved, peace-loving, left-wing, violent attacks on Lee Zeldin. Earlier this year, Lee Zeldin was having a little campaign rally at a VFW hall. Veterans of Foreign Wars, for those of you that don't know what VFW stands for. A man ran up on stage with what a lot of conservatives are misnomering as a knife. It was not a knife. It was a self-defense tool. And the closest thing I have is my cigar cutter. But it was something that you would hold with two fingers. Actually a lot closer together than this. Anyways, and it had two... It was a plastic key ring. You can see the key ring on it when you see close-up pictures of the weapon. And it had two plastic spikes sticking out of the end. So if you were being attacked 
in a parking lot somewhere or wherever. You could pull this out and gouge your attacker in the eyes, hopefully. So that's what he was attacked with, but the person was trying to use it as a knife, trying to hurt Lee Zeldin, and uh, the guy was a left-wing radical. Not an Antifa or a uh, long-haired hippie freak, but just a, a left-wing zealot. So I came across this somehow by accident this evening, but man, this is nuts. This is a news story about another possible attack outside of Lee Zeldin's house. Uh... The headline from the New York Post, and all of this is posted on my Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. I'm not going to recite the article word for word, but get the the gist of this. Uh, Miranda Devine of the New York Post writes. Uh, The after the shooting outside his home, Rep. Lee Zeldin's fight is now clearer than ever. Let me click on the article because for some reason I want to jump to the archive. So, by the way, this Lee Zeldin, it seems like a working class dude. He's got a beautiful wife and two beautiful daughters who are, uh, I hate this word, but they're people of color. He's a big, white, red-headed, good-looking dude like myself. It says here, if you're making a movie about the underdog politician campaigning on soaring crime rates, you couldn't have scripted it better than the shooting right in front of Lee Zeldin's Long Island home Sunday afternoon. Of course, it's the last thing the Republican gubernatorial candidate and his wife, Diana, could have ever wanted. Their twin 16-year-old daughters, Michaela and Ariana, were home alone studying in the rear kitchen of their modest two-story house uh, in the town of Shirley when they heard gunshots and screams right outside their front door. Quickly, the girls raced upstairs and locked themselves in the bathroom and called 911. Police found two unidentified shooting victims lying in the bushes below the front porch. Oh my gosh. A bullet was found nearby just 30 feet from where Michaela and Ariana had been sitting. Once he had ensured the safety of his children, Zelda knew exactly what to say. My daughters are shaken, but okay. Like so many New Yorkers, crime has liter literally made its way to our front door. He told the Post last night on the phone that the girls were understandably freaked out. It hits us close to home when you uh, read stories of other families being impacted by crime, when young innocent kids have been exposed to crime that they'll never forget for the rest of their lives. Something, okay, so he's saying a lot of campaign stuff, but 
I'm sure he feels it. There's a picture of him walking down the street holding hands with his daughters. The, just 24 hours earlier, the Post had been sitting on Zeldin's front porch interviewing him about how crime a few or pardon interviewing him about crime a few feet from where the apparent battleground occurred Zeldin's law and law and order approach or pitch pardon me has never been a game for the former congressman and state senator <clears throat> The Zeldins have had to travel to public places with security, usually retired NYPD cops, with their eyes on a swivel. Ever since an attack on the congressman at a veterans event in upstate Fairport in July. So, all right, so the good news is this was not a hit, or if there is any good news to this, this was not. Uh, aimed at Zeldin himself. But this is what's wrong with the state of New York. You hear a lot about New York City. You're hearing a lot now about its mayor declaring a state of emergency over the 17,000 illegal immigrants, illegal aliens, excuse me, that have been sent there. But the entire state of New York, New York City obviously being the mecca of it, but is in just a horrible crime-riddled time right now. And a lot of your you know, wealthier New Yorkers have moved out, um, except for the super liberal nutcases who evidently like living in a, a, a waller of crime and filth. Now, I did see Sydney Watson posted on Twitter. Uh, she went to New York City for the first time in her life, and it wasn't as grimy or slimy as she thought it would be. I'm paraphrasing, but it wasn't as cesspool as she thought. And I'm sure there are a lot of places in New York State and New York City that are not cess-filled, drug-crime, homeless hellholes, but... Why do human beings have to live in this squalor? Period, point blank. Why has that government created such an area that crime is like the norm almost? You, you, you can't arrest people and keep them in jail. They're letting criminals back out on the street before the ink has dried from the cop's pen writing up the report. They don't have uh, bail bonds for what they consider minor crimes, which in a normal place would be considered a major crime. Uh, stealing and theft is the norm. And you have left-wing radicals like the Young Turks, AOC, trying to justify this. Oh, people join gangs because... They have to survive, and they, they have to make a living, and they only steal what they need. Hello, that used to be a bad thing. Am I right or am I right? I'm right. <laughs> I'm always right, 98.7% of the time. Uh, 
but th- this Lee Zeldin, you know, he's got to travel with security now uh, because he wants to clean up the crime because people that <coughs> evidently like crime and lawlessness uh, have put a target on him. Now, this shooting outside his house, we don't, it doesn't say and it doesn't look like it was part of any consorted effort to get Lee Zeldin. It was just a crime. But there should, I should not be using the term, it was just a crime. There's no such thing as just a crime. But that's where we're going in America to where what used to be normal, such as peace and law and order, is now almost a bad thing. And what used to be a bad thing, crime, murder, theft, is almost considered, eh, you know, they're just stealing because they have to get by. The, prob- the, the real crux of the biscuit are this. In New York, Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, Philadelphia, any of these cities, you have, yes, generational poverty. The Democrats have encouraged generational poverty with their encouragement of the breakdown of the family system, their big, their great society, that's an actual policy they had from the 1960s until now, the bigger welfare system, all of these things discourage work, discourage family values, and actually make work, hard work and family values taboo and seem like a bad thing. It shouldn't be that way. And that's why a guy like Lee Zeldin is going to get really close to winning the governorship of New York and may just somehow pull it out. Some way, somehow, he could pull this one out of the hat. I don't know. I don't think he will because New York's so blue. And I'm telling you, it's not just blue as in Democrat. I'm telling you, New York is blue as in I'm so blue, I'm so lonesome, I could cry type of blue. It's sad. Again, this is the Empire State. New York, New York. The town's so nice, they named it twice. This is a place you used to dream of going. You used to, I used to have dreams of going to the Big Apple, going to New York City and seeing the stars and Wall Street. I used to dream of working on Wall Street. I know that surprises a lot of you, but I am a pretty smart guy. I always wanted to be a Wall Street business typhoon. And... Uh, actually one time wanted to work in the Twin Towers good thing that didn't happen sorry, sorry too soon Uh, we turned down the New World Order theme song here so this should not be reality anywhere in America crime drugs just 
insanity. That's the only way to describe it. Insanity should not be the trademark of any place, anywhere, on earth. But it's the norm in these Democrat-run cities. Knock, knock, hello. Ding, dong, hello. Common sense is knocking at your door, people. Whatever. You be you, I guess. You like drugs and crime and cesspool in your city. Vote Democrat. So... did I do? Go back. Get back. So, Kanye West had his Twitter and Instagram shut down, locked over offensive posts. Let's see what was so offensive. Kanye West's Twitter and Instagram accounts have been locked because of anti-Semitic posts by the rapper now known as Yay, spokesperson for Twitter and Instagram, whose parent company is Meta. Twitter doesn't have a parent company, but uh, as soon as Elon takes over, I'm sure Kanye or Yay will be reinstated. Uh, said Sunday, Yay's post was. Uh, Uh, against their community standards. Ye would soon go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, according to the Internet Archive records. That is apparent reference to the U.S. military's uh, readiness condition known as DEFCON. In the same tweet, which was removed by Twitter, he said, You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who opposes your agenda. Earlier this month, Ye had been criticized for wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt, or adding, or no, wearing, wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt to his collection at Paris Fashion Week. Rapper Sean Diddy Combs posted... I don't care about Diddy. Yay! On Instagram, Yay posted a screenshot of a text conversation with Diddy and suggested he was controlled by Jewish people. I want to see these tweets and posts. I know Kanye is calling himself a big Christian right now. Uh... Under policies, the two social networks prohibit the posting of offensive language. Ye's Twitter account is still active, but he can't post until his suspension ends after a specific period. So they don't show you the full post, so you don't get the full context. Um, I love Jewish people and Ye or Kanye shouldn't be dissing the Jewish people but at the same time he it's not anti-Semitic and it, it requires clarification um, 
So, I don't know, Kanye, you shouldn't be dissing the Jewish people. That's for dang sure. So, not nice, yay. I didn't know what to expect when I started reading that article, but I know Twitter and uh, Instagram are going to be on the war path here coming up to this election. And I don't know if they would have had a problem with this if this had happened pre-Kanye endorsing Trump. But now everything yay, or whatever name he's going by says, will be forever scrutinized and censored. Um, And of course, you know, his White Lives Matter t-shirt and his expose of Black Lives Matter as a con organization uh, have all been the uh, thing of scrutiny lately. But even Ozzy Osbourne's wife, Sharon Osbourne, who's a big liberal, uh, Sharon Osbourne a few years ago wanted Charlie Brown cartoons taken off television because uh, they bully Charlie Brown. And I got pissed because it's really Charlie Brown ends up being the hero at the end of the day in all of those. Just like the people that want to take Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer off TV because he's bullied and picked on. It's bullshit. It's a story about overcoming being bullied and picked on. But anyway... So, is this Twitter and Instagram's way of censoring Yay because they couldn't censor him for criticizing Black Lives Matter when, as as a a thought, as a philosophy, it's great, I agree, but the organization has been exposed as being corrupt. So you can't censor him for that. You can't censor him for saying white lives matter because then you're racist. So what do you do? Uh, again, anti-Semitism I don't tolerate, I don't like. So when I saw that's the reason, eh, maybe... Maybe he should be slapped on the wrist or something. But, again, I'm not for censorship, but not for saying let's harm Jewish people, if that's what he said. I don't know the full context. But Jesus was a Jew, Kanye, so you you might want to realize what the fuck you're talking about. So, anyways... Let's talk about Ohio's unconstitutional election after I break here for a second.
so this is an op-ed it's on my getter and twitter at the real underscore big john uh it's from jeremy petzer cleveland.com which is the website for the cleveland plane dealer they're talking about and i can tell you right now what the f happened but the headline reads Ohio is about to hold elections for unconstitutional congressional and legislative districts. Here's how it happened. Well, what happened was a rogue Supreme Court justice, Maureen O'Connor, the chief justice of the Ohio Supreme Court, continually sided with the Democrats and said, no, These House districts, these Senate districts have to be divvied up so that they're fair. Now, here, I'm just going to look at one Ohio House district. It includes a a fairly sized square of western Columbiana County, which is rural farmland. It then proceeds northward into the city of Youngstown, and I don't know how much of Youngstown it covers, but I know it covers the inner city. But they they wanted an, these districts to be made in the Ohio House of Representatives and Ohio Senate and Congress to be fair, so that uh, there were all so that there were almost an equal number of Democrats and Republicans living in these districts. What typically happens, and Democrats and Republicans have both done this in all 50 states, they will say, okay, this area is always going to be a Democrat stronghold, so we'll carve out that district so we know it's always going to be Democrat. There are some areas where it's a mixture of Republicans and Democrats. And that's just how it is. That district is 50-50, 60-40, you know, something close. There are other areas that are 80% Republican. Uh, and, or whatever, a large Republican district. And so they carve out that area. Hey, it's always going to be Republican nine times out of ten. Some districts change. The state house district I live in, when I first moved home, it was a uh, Democrat-held district. Uh, before that, it was held by Republicans, or, or and that well, it was held by Republicans for a couple years, like a, an eight-year term, and then that guy got term limited. Then it went back to a Democrat district and was held by a Democrat for either four or six years until things started to change in the political democracy political demographics and we became more conservative 
and a really rich guy that could buy the election ran for the office and lost after one term. Anyhow, then a Republican took it back. But anyhow, the point of the matter is Maureen O'Connor sided with the three Democrats on the Ohio Supreme Court, or however many Democrats there are, and kept throwing these new state house and state senate district maps out until finally they just couldn't throw them out anymore and they had to be accepted by the Ohio Supreme Court. Now, the real Supreme Court at the federal level is set to hear this case this month and North Carolina is protesting the way their uh, state house and congressional and state senate districts are set up. But what's going to happen, the Constitution gives the power to draw congressional, state, and state senate districts to the state legislatures. In Ohio right now, we have a board that draws up these districts and then the state uh, representatives vote on it. Okay? So, we're in a cluster screw and in two years, I think the state House of Representatives is going to have to redraw, well, they are going to have to redraw the districts, but I don't think it's going to be this redistricting committee. It's going to be the legislature because the Supreme Court, I think, of the United States will rule that, no, a state cannot have a redistricting board which in Ohio, that board includes uh, statewide elected officials like the Secretary of State, I think the State Attorney General, and then a few others. And it's usually a Republican-controlled board in uh, most cases every 10 years when the census comes out and the districts change. But anyhow, that's a little bit off. But the reason why we have these crazy districts is because of Maureen O'Connor siding with the Democrats on the Ohio Supreme Court and demanding an equal number, which you can't do. You can't get a district that's completely 50-50 R&D. But as fair as possible, it's all in the name of <coughs> fairness. <clears throat> I brought up the example of Western Ohio and farmland versus Youngstown and inner city. Those are two groups of constituents that have extremely different needs and need very different types of representations. That's fairness. Right now, you're going to have a Republican representing inner-city Youngstown in the, I think it's the 59th district, 
as well as farmers in western Ohio or western Columbiana County. Now, if you have, finally have a Republican that has some sort of influence in Youngstown, something might get done in Youngstown. Uh, Youngstown has not really progressed. Although they are doing a good, I give the, the filthy Democrats this much credit, they are rebuilding the downtown area, but they're rebuilding it based off of something that the, cra the cr crazy like a fox Jim Trafficant built. Jimmy Trafficant got many, many businesses into Youngstown. But the key to the Youngstown downtown revitalization is the Cavelli Center, which was a publicly funded uh, arena. So they now have a, a uh, minor league ice hockey team. Elton John played the Cavelli Center a few years ago. Guns N' Roses played it. Um, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is a regular appearance there. But the revitalization of downtown Youngstown is all because of Jim Trafficking and the legacy he laid. All right, back to this story. So this article starts out, When Ohio voters choose the state's congressional delegation and most of the state legislature during the 2022 general election, they will be electing people to represent districts that have been twice ruled unconstitutional by the Ohio Supreme Court. So you can tell this is a liberal writer right away. Um, it seems bizarre. That's because it is. It's the result of a previously untested state redistricting process months ago. Redistricting a, uh, a months-long, pardon me, months-long redistricting fight between Ohio evil Republican Ohio leaders. It doesn't say that, but I think that's what the author means. Between Ohio leaders and the Ohio Democrat led, or the Ohio Supreme Court led by Republican Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor, and a federal court finally intervening and picking up one of the redistricting maps to use just for the 2022 election. Maureen O'Connor, I know. I know her. She could not buy an election. And trust me, the late, great Alex Archnikoff tried. Every time there was an opening in Summit County government, he got, he got the governor to appoint her county prosecutor. She lost the subsequent election. He got her appointed to a countywide judicial seat. She lost the subsequent election. Then he got her on the ticket with Bob Taft. Taft, obviously pre uh, a, a legacy political name in Ohio. 
a legacy politician. Bob Taft came to Ohio in 1990 and wanted to just outright run for governor, but George Voinovich had recently revived the city of Cleveland and kind of, Taft could have won on name alone, but a deal was struck between these five Republicans that all wanted to be governor and they were each elected to different offices throughout the state, or throughout the statewide offices. You know, one got to be attorney general. I think that was Betty Montgomery. Ken Blackwell got to be treasurer and then secretary. Taft got to be secretary at first and then governor in 1998. And then Voinovich and DeWine were governor and lieutenant governor. Uh, So... That was the deal. Each of you get your own office, but let's not have a cluster screw uh, primary and hurt each other. Taft could have won that primary on name. So 1998 comes, Alex gets Maureen O'Connor on the ticket with Bob Taft. All right? All right. So... If it's bizarre, okay, I already read that part. The situation in Ohio is truly unprecedented, said Yuri Rundusky, senior director of the Democrat program at New York University Law School. They had to go all the way to New York to find somebody to agree with them. Figures. Uh, or he's president, director of the Democracy Program. I said de- Democrat Program, sorry. Director of the Democracy Program at New York University Law School's Brennan Center for Justice. All right, that was a mouthful. The end result is, despite voters approving two state constitutional amendments in recent years, To end gerrymandering and months of court battles, Ohio's congressional and legislative lines have again been drawn in ways that give Republicans a clear advantage. The one time in my 24 years of politicking in Ohio that the Democrats took control of the State House and the governor's ship was 2006 when everything was anti-George Bush. They were pasting together pictures of Republicans and George Bush, people that had never met George Bush, people that I know and I know never met George Bush because I met George Bush a few times and they weren't with me. <laughs> But all you had to do was put a picture of a Republican next to George W. Bush, and that Republican was done in 2006. Um, Ken Blackwell finally got his shot to run for governor and got lambasted by Ted Strickland. Ted Strickland used to represent a huge congressional district in eastern Ohio, the district I live in, and he 
had great name recognition. He had this small town boy done good reputation. I I care about people. They even had his brother in a commercial on cow with a cowboy hat with a feather on it and all this shit. Uh, every morning Ted wakes up and he says, "What can I do to help people?" Oh, anyways, so Ohio went to shit for a couple years. We got the Democrats out of the state legislature. The Ohio state legislature has 99 people, and I would say over 60 of them are Republicans. There's no way that's gerrymandering. That's just Ohio being a very, very red state, okay? Period, point blank, no questions about it. Ohio is just a red state, generally. But in the issue of fairness, and these districts are crazy, they are not necessarily completely gerrymandered to Republicans, it's just that's how the state is. You cannot make a district that is half Republican and half Democrat. And I know the Republican representative who's going to have that. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. I should say, I should clarify. He will do a good job to represent the people in the Mahoning County and Youngstown section of his district. He will be fair. He will not favor the redder Republicans in the... Uh, Columbiana County part of his district. In fact, part of his district is uh, is the Canfield area, which is, uh, I believe, pretty red, and then just part of the inner city of Youngstown. But that part of inner city Youngstown is probably going to get better because of him. <laughs> uh, but all this hoopla, you cannot draw in any state every congressional district, every state house district, every state senate district, which there's a difference in state senate and the senate you're probably thinking of. Each state has two branches of the legislature that meet at the state capitol, okay? And there's a senate and there's a house. Ohio's state senate is almost entirely Republican. I think there are 33... I got a fucking map right here. Why don't I just look at it? Scroll, 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 scroll back up. Uh, Let's see here. Ohio Senate districts... Can I... I can't zoom in enough, but okay, I see a number 31... There, I do believe 33 state senate districts. I'm not going to lean into the camera any further so to look at this map more closely. But almost all of them are Republican. You cannot gerrymander that. That is just plain the state is a red state. Okay? 
that's just how it is. And there are other states, unfortunately, poor people and unfortunate people in New York. I don't mean poor as in money, but poor as in, sadly, they're represented by Democrats. It's a blue state. That's just how it is. You're not going to be able to carve out a lot of districts up there that are 50-50 Republican to Democrat. California is the same way. Now, Northern California, it, you do get a lot of Republicans rep uh, represented and elected up there. But Southern California, from basically San Francisco down, is so Democrat and beyond Democrat, they're so liberal that you can't get a 50-50 Republican-Democrat district in Southern California. So, you know, this idea that we can have fairness isn't going to work. It's fair to the people that are being represented to have a representative who sees their values. Those people in inner city Youngstown would be more apt be better represented by a union Democrat because he represents their values. Now, like I said, they're going to be lucky for a couple years. They're going to have a good Republican representing them, and maybe something will get done in their, their area. <laughs> but the let's say the roles were flipped, and a Democrat from inner city Youngstown got elected to that district would he understand the needs of farmers in western Columbiana County no so we'll just see uh, I, I have a feeling the US Supreme Court is going to say to the states you have to do away with these redistricting boards and your state legislature has to draw these maps because that's what the Constitution actually says. So the maps will be drawn by the State House of Representatives and then fought through the courts by the Democrats. And God help us, don't let Joe Biden appoint any more Supreme Court justices. If he does, hopefully it's a, a liberal that he replaces. But hopefully, pray, please, baby Jesus, we get Trump or uh, we get Trump back in 2024, and he gets to appoint a few more people to that Supreme Court, <laughs> so we can have some sanity and some constitutionality in this country. All right, guys, I've talked on long enough. I've given you some inside personal knowledge of Ohio politics. Um, and things like that. God bless you all. Pray for each other. Love somebody today. Be the reason somebody feels loved. And until next time on the panic attack, God bless you. Yes, I know I said God bless you twice. But you really need to be blessed. And don't snuff the rooster. No. Am I going to have to relight this again?
He ain't gonna die.